There's a handful of things in life that I know that I'm good at. Running a successful podcast, for one, a website, photography, menu consulting, etc. But one of the things where I need help is my gardening, specifically culinary gardening. It's one thing to have a nice succulent or a pretty plant to look at, but there's nothing like growing your own food, herbs, and more. That's why I turn to my friend and friend of the Best Seeds podcast, Ashley Irene of Heirloom Potage, for all things culinary gardening. She's an expert through and through who's worked with some of the best chefs and restaurants here in Orange County. Just see the work that she did up at the amazing Poppy and Seed in Anaheim, or some of the work she's doing with chefs like Zach Scher over at the Bellow Chef's Table. She's talented, witty, incredibly smart, and a consummate professional through and through. Whether you're running a restaurant program, a craft cocktail program, or you just want to start growing some great food at home, she has everything you need and more. So to get more information, set up a consultation, or just to see some of the things that she's done in the past, check out heirloompotage.com for more information. This episode of the Best Seats Podcast is brought to you by, well, you. To learn how you can support the show, go to thebestseats.com slash Patreon. Once there, you'll learn how you can get early access to shows, ad-free listening, the ability to submit questions, comments, concerns, and more. Once again, that's thebestseats.com slash Patreon. But enough of that. On to the show. What's up, everybody? Hello and welcome to the first ever episode 119 of the Best Seats Podcast, the only podcast bringing you interviews with some of the most talented people in and around the hospitality industry from right here in Orange County, where the show is recorded to the rest of Southern California and beyond each and every episode. As always, I'm your host, Crawford McCarthy, founder and principal of The Best Seats. Thank you to my friend, Allie Coyle, who provides music for the show. You can find more of her work at AllieCoyleMusic.com. If you're listening to the show on free feeds, whether it's Spotify, Apple, wherever else, please consider leaving a rating and or a review, sharing it with friends. It helps push the show in front of new audiences. You got to play along with the algorithm, sadly, these days, but your help can help me do that. As a reminder, if you do enjoy the show, please consider going to thebestseats.com for more content just like this, including the merch store, the blog, which should be relaunching this week after a little technical hiccup, and much more. But as a reminder, the very best experience is only found by going over to patreon.com forward slash the best seats and signing up at a monthly amount that makes the most sense for you. That's where you get early ad free listening to each and every episode, exclusive access to the bonus episodes when they are available, and much more coming down the road. Um, this is a very special episode. This one is very near and dear to my heart. Now, very, uh, I'm going to say right off the bat that for anybody who's tr- listening for the traditional episode where we're talking to a chef, a winemaker, a beverage director, a restaurateur, something like that, this is not going to be that episode. It very much does deal with hospitality, though. When you think about great cities, you think about the restaurants, you think about the bars, you think about the hotels, you think about all the people that make those places what they are. But when you're looking for entertainment, and we've done entertainment shows on this podcast before, one of the biggest draws, arguably the biggest draw in any major city where it's offered, is professional sports. 
My guest for this episode is Paul Speaker. He is the CEO of both the San Diego Seals and the Las Vegas Desert Dogs. Both are franchises within the National Lacrosse League. The National Lacrosse League has been operating over 30 years. It is the men's indoor professional lacrosse league. They operate in cities like Buffalo, Toronto, Philadelphia, Colorado. They're all over. It's been around forever, and it's a really, really, really awesome time if you've not been to a game. I wanted to sit down with Paul to not just talk about the SEALs and operating a professional sports team in San Diego, but for something bigger. Um, some of you who know me very personally, um, I played lacrosse in high school. I played, I was fortunate enough to play for one of the best high school teams in the nation. I played collegiately. I still play um, whenever I can, God willing and the legs willing. It's a sport that's very near and dear to my heart. That being said, I didn't just want to have Paul on to talk about the SEALs, but because the day after this podcast goes live, which is going to be June 21st, the Men's World Lacrosse Championship kicks off in San Diego. Over 30 countries are coming down. It kicks off Wednesday night with a uh, gold medal rematch game between the United States and Canada. Steve Aoki is set to perform at halftime. You've got 10, I mean, I think, I think it's over 10 days of games. Just a massive, massive undertaking and a huge influx of people into San Diego and the surrounding hospitality marketplaces that, quite frankly, love to enjoy hospitality. Um, I can speak from firsthand experience that I know for a fact when the games are done, you're going out and you're getting food with friends. You're getting drinks after the game to talk about all the games that you just watched. You're going out and seeing the attractions, San Diego Zoo. Maybe you got a day off to head out to Temecula Wine Country or something like that, SeaWorld, et cetera. It's a massive undertaking. But what does that look like to put on? What does it look like not just to run two professional sports franchises, but what does it look like to welcome over 30 countries so many players, athletic trainers, coaches, their families, loved ones, friends, people who are flying in from not just here in the U.S., but all over to show their support. It's a massive, massive thing. Um, that's why I'm so, so humbled that Paul was able to take the time um, to sit down and not just talk about the SEALs and everything else, but to talk about the upcoming World Games. And I want to stress this before we jump into the episode, which we're going to do in just a second. I promise I'll stop rambling. If you have not checked this out, if you have not been to a lacrosse game, this is the very best example of some of the best athletes on the planet. And yes, I will put these guys up against anybody. You, you pick a sport, NFL, NHL, it doesn't matter. They can hang. Some of them will go off and actually play those other sports professionally, maybe when they're done with this. But it's huge and it should be appreciated and it should be supported. And I know for a fact that I got some friends in San Diego. I've already told that this event is going on and they're like, oh, that's why we're getting so many reservations. Oh, that's why we're planning to be so busy. So I hope that you will check it out. I hope that you will get tickets. All that information is obviously in the show notes. Paul's going to discuss it on the actual episode itself, but that's enough rambling from me. Let's get in and talk everything about the World Lacrosse Championships coming to San Diego with Paul Speaker. Enjoy. Paul, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Very excited to sit down and talk. Um, a little bit of a different podcast for anybody who is listening. Obviously, this is hospitality first and foremost, but when you think of great cities, you think of restaurants, you think of hotels, you think of bars, you think of nightlife. Professional sports teams are a major aspect of that. So to be in here today talking about not just the San Diego Seals of the National Lacrosse League, but the upcoming 
World Lacrosse Men's Championships here in San Diego about two weeks away from the time of this recording. I want to say opening day is the 21st between USA and Canada. I wanted to take this opportunity to sit down and not just talk about the SEALs, but what it looks like to put together a world championship of all these different countries and everything else. But before we unpack all of that, would you mind taking a moment to introduce yourself and give a little bit of your background? Sure. Thanks so much for having us, uh, Crawford. Um, my name is Paul Speaker. I'm uh, the CEO of the SEALs uh, and the Las Vegas Desert Dogs, as well as um, the host producer of uh, host um, company producer for the um, for the world championships. So it's an exciting time in San Diego. A lot, of, a lot of work to do, and um, we're excited to be here. I mean, for those that aren't listening, um, selfishly, I wanted to do this podcast. I played lacrosse growing up. I played in college. I had free agency aspirations of the National Lacrosse League. Coached in Orange County for over ten years. I love the game, and to have it come to my backyard, not just in the form of the SEALs, but in the World Championships, I couldn't pass up the opportunity to chat about it. But before we dive into the World Championships, let's talk about the SEALs and the Desert Dogs, for that matter, because Las Vegas is so close for us. First of all, for those who may not be familiar with, and we're not going to unpack the game, people can go learn about that, there's documentaries, but the SEALs and the Desert Dogs and the National Lacrosse League itself, can you kind of give the the elevator pitch of the history of the league? Because sure. Because I think a lot of people are going to be surprised of how yeah, old it is. It, exactly, and I, I've got friends who, who played in Philadelphia for the Philadelphia Wings in the, uh, in the, in the 90s, and, um, and they used to get 15,000 people at the old Spectrum in Philadelphia. Yep. The same holds true for a number of places um, uh, around the country. And I think that... Um, you know, there, as, as lacrosse grew, there was this fragmentation that was known as box lacrosse. And it wasn't as easy to understand what the correlation was between playing outdoor lacrosse as a, as a young person, uh, a guy or girl, and, um, and taking your family to this, to this sport outside. Um, it became something that, you know, inside a hockey arena and, um, and banging on the glass and go, just going crazy and face painting, all part of that experience. It was not, it wasn't, a, there wasn't a necessary correlation between that and outdoor lacrosse. So I think that the difference would be that, you know, it's, it's, it's very physical. It's a very fast moving game. There's a ton of checking, a lot of scoring, and it's really exciting. I mean, the, the athletic ability of the guys on, on the turf is just amazing. And, and the fandom is growing rapidly. So we're, we're um, you know, when the seals were launched here in San Diego, the fits and starts of COVID. So there was a, the cancel of a season, then a start of a season, then the cancel of the remainder of the season. So um, I think we're now in a position, I joined um, Josai Sports uh, about seven or eight months ago, live here now in San Diego, and we're completely repositioning the, the, um, the SEALs to, to really understand kind of um, who would like this this sport um, and get them out to Pachanga. I mean, I, I jokingly say, you know, Pachanga is an older arena. But when you fill that place, it is electric, and you yeah. and you can remember and probably recognize why the Eagles play there and Springsteen's going to play there. It is, it's kind of our local dive bar that um, that really is um, something that's really fun, and I think it it speaks to the to the DNA of the NLL, right? It's um it's a sport that's fast, it's a sport that's um that's loud. Um, we play music throughout the entire event, so it's as much of an experience as you can find in any sport. It's a thrilling place to be when you're inside a packed arena watching uh, watching the sports so we're excited to relaunch um the seals this year um our season will start in december um and uh and we've got this year we you know lost in the first round of the playoffs which is a little disappointing but um i think there's a fire under the coaching staff and certainly the players so we'll come back strong next year i mean i, I grew up I, i'm colorado <laughs> originally i sure. grew up i remember the very first time you know going to a mammoth game and it was a scrimmage and that was when you know they had just come out from washington and it's having gone to every major type of 
professional, you know, sports team endeavor, whatever it is, NF, you know, NFL, NBA, yeah. MLB, there really is nothing like an NLL game. I mean, the speed, the intensity, the, you know, the controlled violence of it, the yeah. shots, the talent of the players. I mean, and you talk about athleticism, a lot of these guys could pretty much walk on to any other type of professional sports team they wanted to. So yeah. it really, really is something awesome to see. And then really quick, I want to talk about the Desert Dogs, one of the newer franchises to the NLL recently launched. I want to say, what, 2022? Just this, we just finished this our was, first yeah, season. Yeah. This was the first yep. season out yep. there. Yeah. Based in Vegas. I mean, that just has to be a raucous time, too. It is. It's, uh, it's really fun. I mean, I think that you... you, you where we're going to move uh, the Desert Dogs, it's a, it's a local team. It was originated there. It's um, We're going to spend a tremendous amount of time talking to uh, the folks that live there as an alternative to tourism. I think, um, you know, we're just having some uh, riffing about the marketing of, uh, of the Desert Dogs, and it's kind of a fun place to be because this is a place where you can really celebrate those that work um, yeah. in the city. And it's not necessarily about tourism. This is about people that are sick of cleaning up, you know, uh, bathrooms and suites after bachelor Every, parties. Everybody that makes that city. Yeah, run. exactly. Yeah. And I think it's I think that's a it's a cool place to be to to be able to gift the city with something that's really unique. Well obviously I mean it's one thing to talk about the SEALs, the Desert Dogs, the NLL as a whole, but Obviously, I wanted to sit down today because the World Lacrosse Championships are coming to San Diego, opening day, July, what, June 21st, June 21st between USA yeah. and Canada. Yeah. I mean, this is not a small endeavor. And, and, and again, I want people listening to hear, this is a big event. I mean, I went to this last time it was in the States, in Denver, mm -hmm. and it was wild. It's infectious. The energy takes over the city. It, people just pour in, and there's just an electric atmosphere to it. First and foremost, can you kind of explain... Because World Games, it sounds redundant to ask to explain it, but it kind of explains itself. But can you kind of give the explanation for the World Games? And then I want to unpack the process of putting something to the scale together. Sure. It's, you know, it's, it's exciting and a lot, of, a lot of sleepless nights. And you're constantly putting out fires or imagining fires that, uh, that yeah. don't happen. And, um, but we've got a great staff here. Joe Sai has brought in um, you know, a, a really strong producing staff and event staff. And we're excited about his contribution against this. So we're, we're, um, you know, it, it, it takes a lot of resources uh, to, to get something like this done. <clears throat> Excuse me. And with that said, you know, this, the scope of this, the scale of this is massive. You know, I, um, I might have been a little hoodwinked by, by Joe when he said, oh, yeah, we're going to put on the world uh, championships. <laughs> no and, yeah. and I said, that's great. You know, when, I, when can I meet the team that does that? And he goes, well, it's going to be the SEALs team and a couple other people. And so we've been ramped up over the last seven months and it's been uh, really extraordinary. The World Across Organization has been a great group to work with. They really have a keen understanding of kind of rules and regs and, and guidelines and how you map this out. So they've been a wonderful resource for us uh, as, the, as the host committee. <clears throat> and um, and USA Lacrosse as well has been a, a, a wonderful partner. So when you kind of unpack it, um, it turns into what I think many people think that this is a North American sport where there's actually 30 countries participating. That means that they've all had their regional uh, playoffs, if you will, um, and, 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 and picked 30, so there were more to start. Um, you've got, I think you'll be really surprised from, from your time in Denver f uh, eight years ago, the acceleration of the sport in many, many countries that probably weren't competing at the same level. Um, obviously, USA, Canada, and Hanushani's uh, teams are, are incredibly strong and have a history of being strong. Yeah. But there are a number of other countries that are stepping up um, and, and starting to play really well. So it's 30 countries. It's over 100 games. Um, we, are, we start off at Snapdragon with a 
you know, the place holds 32,500 people. It's a wonderful facility. We're excited that, uh, that they're hosting us there and, um, and we're hoping to fill the place. And then that's, that's, you know, opening ceremonies, which is not only about lacrosse, but it's about, you know, kind of diverse cultures coming together and, and yeah. playing a sport that has a tremendous amount of heritage in the indigenous, um, North American peoples. And, and when you move forward from there, um, you, you know, you cut, you start to think about, okay, what, what's the best showcase and we're lucky enough to have USA versus Canada. Um, and then you say, okay, how do we make it a little bit harder on ourselves? Um, but a lot more fun for engagement around the fans. So uh, we brought in Steve Aoki, um, a world-class DJ to perform at halftime. And I think it just steps the bar up from where, uh, some of the world champions have been in the past. Um, and, uh, and that's all because of Joe and, um, his demand of, of excellence, his, um, his desire to be world-class in everything he does and, uh, and providing the resources for us to, to do that. We then move um, pretty rapidly to a, um, to a immersive lacrosse experience uh, at USD, um, at Torero, and then um, at SDSU, where we have a number of games going on simultaneously. So it's a, it's a great, but we do that until, until the 30th of June. And then we're back at Snapdragon for the semifinals. And then on July 1st, we end with the medal round. So two games um, to decide the bronze, silver, and gold medalists, the world champion, if you will. And then, um, and then a little closing ceremony and, and then maybe some sleep on July 2nd. But it's, uh, <laughs> it is, as you said, it is a, it's a huge undertaking with yeah. a, an, a, an incredible staff that's working 10 to 15-hour days, six, seven days a week. And um, we're really excited that San Diego is the home and has invited us in. So it's been great. I mean, I want to talk about the logistics of setting something like this up, interacting with the city and just kind of what goes into that. But I'd be remiss if I didn't unpack for people that may not be familiar with the sport. You kind of mentioned Haudenosaunee. I mean, the, you know, the Iroquois team. And yeah. This is the oldest sport on the continent, which a lot of people don't really yeah. think about. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's something where this is their game. This yeah. has been around for generations and generations and generations. So for people unfamiliar that want to come see it, it's not just you know, USA going at Canada again, you know, Germany, UK, there's an entire kind of undercurrent of culture and of heritage and of kind of the, the gift of the game um, that's kind of been giving to everybody in the world at this point. What's it like to, when you're putting something together like that, always having to know that you've got to honor that heritage in some point and, and really respect that portion of it? I mean, it's something that we take really seriously, and and it's there's um, there's a number of ways you can do that. One is that there's guidelines by the World Lacrosse Organization who have a a, a real under great understanding of the history and, and and heritage, and then you have to make sure that you are consulting um, on language, on positioning, on what the spiritual elements are of that of that of the sport um, to make sure that you're capturing it in the same context with with which it has been passed from generation to generation. Um, we take it very seriously. We've got a number of um, of wonderful people that have helped us uh, um, with guidelines and uh, and guardrails so that we don't. And then checking just language is really important as well. Yeah. So um, it's been a, it's been a wonderful exercise, and I think that the entire staff here has such an appreciation for the origins of the game, and and uh, way more than a nod. It's a it's a true celebration of this heritage that is. Um, is not lost on us, and the importance of it is something that I think will be woven into the into the quilt that is this World Championships and all the World Championships in the yeah. past. I, for people that haven't experienced something like this before, having done it myself a couple of times and, and played against mm -hmm. uh, former members of the Iroquois national team, and 
it's a very, very fun experience. It's a humbling experience, and it's something very unique to the sport of lacrosse. There's, there's no one else I can really think of where you experience kind of a, a cultural element like this. Yeah. Setting something up, okay, we get the bid. Okay, World Lacrosse Championships are coming to San Diego, you know, 2023. You know, that was several years ago that this was kind of announced. How does the process start? I mean, do you just walk into the, you know, the mayor's of city hall one day and just go, I, I need to speak to someone, we have an idea? Well, <laughs> I, I, I got here after Joe had already had those conversations with the mayor. <laughs> what, I think what usually happens, and I worked at the National Football League and the World Surf League, and what has happened in the past is that you go into a city um, you ask them to give you the best bid they can give. Um, then you go from, you know, San Diego to Austin, Austin to Houston. Then you go down to Tampa and you're just going to figure out like who's going to be the best host for us time yeah. of year. The reduction, reduction in rack rate on hotels and restaurants and all the things that you need to do. Um, and then before from there, um, Joe just skipped that whole step <laughs> and just said, <laughs> I want this to be, he lives in San Diego. Um, there's a number of reasons it's important for him to, um, to, to host it here. And he just said, I'm going to do that. And instead of asking for favors from the mayor, he said, I'm going to host this thing and um, I want to bring it to my city. So it's been a, it's been a really great experience. Um, and, but then afterwards you have to go and ask for all the favors that they would have provided early on. So <laughs> we've been running around with um, handshakes and tin cups, getting people to support. And it's been, the, the response has been extraordinary from the citizens of San Diego on ticket sales, all the way through to the corporations um, that are our sponsors. And it's been, you know, I'll give you an example. I, I'm, I'm new to San Diego. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting the Rady Children's Hospital team. Yeah. Um, so you, you first meet with the corporate executives and, um, and the, the staff and marketing teams, and you start talking about sponsorship. <clears throat> and pretty quickly you get into a, the, the usual vibe is, okay, we give you this and you give us that, and there's a little bit of um, horse trading. It was never like that with them. It, it was... Immediately, it was a partnership. It felt as if we were going, we were doing something that was way better than you usually do in just a title, I mean, a, a title or, or presenting sponsorship. And then we had this wonderful pleasure of actually walking the hospital and meeting the staff, that is the doctors and the nurses, therapists. And, and now we're at a place where like we want to promote them way more than we would be a normal you know, sponsor that, that sells you know, a, a product good. Um, it's just been a fabulous relationship, and I think it's indicative of San Diego. I think um, all of these people live here, and I have not found anybody in San Diego that has not been really kind of forthright, honest, really transparent, um, and making phone calls like crazy. Everything from you know the San Diego Sports um, Innovation Group to with Bill Walton and his team, Bob uh, Bob and uh, Bob Reef and um, and those guys, where we had a breakfast, and then there were twenty five emails going out of introduction. Um, the same holds true for MTS have been extraordinary for us, <clears throat> not only because uh, we can move our players around um, to the actual games and, and the venues, but it gives them the opportunity to actually go see SeaWorld and, and the zoo. So it's been so cooperative with all of these individuals sharing their databases with us and um, raising awareness and partnering with us. It's been a very much a frictionless engagement with the city of San Diego. The mayor has been fabulous as well. So um, hats off to San Diego. It's a Everybody says it's a mellow and, and laid back place, but when uh, when you bring something like this in, into town, um, people are really excited about it and they work really hard for you. So it's yeah. been a, a welcoming experience for us. 
I mean, the logistics, not only the fans <clears> coming in, uh, you know, some from all over the world, you know, China, Jamaica, I mean, there's so many teams that are coming, like you mentioned, 30 countries. Um, it's not just the players, but you do have players. I mean, you know, set rosters, coaches, athletic staff, you know, things like that, equipment managers. It's a lot of hotel rooms to put sure up. Is, yeah. So, I mean, before we even talk about the fans and engaging with the city, because, again, it's one thing to go watch the game, but when you're done with the game, you have a whole city to explore, whether that's the zoo, SeaWorld, restaurants, nightlife, things like that, other entertainment venues. How is it to set up all the logistics for everybody coming in, the different countries, the language barriers? Sure. I mean, there's got to be just a lot of moving pieces. Yeah, there, there's, you know, there's a lot of different sensitivities that you have to um you have to pay attention to there's there's teams that travel very often um and are together all the time and then there's teams that are coming from um that are put together in far reaches of their country and um, yeah. players that don't know each other and maybe language barriers certainly so there is a there's an element of security there's an element of logistics um all of that is uh has been done um i think really well um the the universities the venues themselves uh, their security and um, and their dorm rooms and cafeterias and their catering, all of that stuff, you have to tap into that as well. Yeah. I think the fun thing will be <clears throat> the experience. San Diego's, you know, there's been many places that this has been held, and um, and I think that there's been a lot of interesting opportunities to celebrate culture. I think that one of the things that will be very interesting in San Diego is the, is the exploration of that ethnicity. Um, so we have... 18 of the 30 teams are represented at the Balboa Park International Houses. So there'll be there'll be a place for Hong Kong China to actually yeah. go. There's a Hong Kong house actually just to to share stories about heritage, to maybe have a meal with some people that that yeah. share that culture. <clears throat> and certainly there's kind of this adoptation feeling at those international houses. So I, I think that there's going to be uh, an opportunity for them not only to to experience the restaurants and the bars and the hotel lobbies and all the things that go along with kind of an international event like this, but also there'll be a, an opportunity for them to be chaperoned to some of the more hidden places that um, their brethren uh, from their countries actually hang. I mean, this is an amazing place when it comes to, and, and I want to tie it back just to yeah. the kind of the hospitality aspect, but San Diego is an amazing town for restaurants, a great place Absolutely. to eat, great place to go out. There's wonderful restaurant groups down here. There's arguably some of the best kind of just really, really cool spots to hang out in. And there's so many different pockets. I mean, whether, you know, Little Italy, Gas Lamp, I mean, there's a lot of places. And the one thing that hold, held true in Denver, I was told it held true um, over in Israel last time in England before that, um, is just lacrosse players, lacrosse fans, even fans that are brand new to it that may not know the sport, are, to put it lightly, an animated bunch like to enjoy, they like to enjoy before the field, off the field, during, meet people. I mean, it's one of the first questions you meet when you meet somebody who's familiar with the sport. Oh, who do you know? Where are you from? Where did you play? Did you play? Who did, yeah. did you know somebody that played? This town caters to that very, very well. It is not shy about a crowd. I mean, there's a reason that Comic-Con surprisingly runs so smoothly yeah. down here. What are the conversations like with the community about kind of like, hey, there's going to be a really big influx of people. I mean, do you just kind of hope that the restaurants can kind of weather the storm or is there kind of like a soft heads up that goes out to, yeah. to some of the neighborhoods? It's, it's, it's funny because I'm experiencing the same thing, right? I'm, I'm new to the city, so yeah. I've been here seven months. You're going to need to kind of learn it as well, which yeah, is Yeah, which is, I'm, I'm looking forward to having people chaperone them so I can kind of tag along with certain <laughs> countries. And I know that, and, you know, I'd love to find a bunch of the Irish bars that uh, the, yeah. the Irish team will be going to. And God bless um, Team Ireland. <laughs> exactly, and the Wales team as well. And, um, and 
you know, when we moved here, there was a lot of conversation about um, you have to kind of look around because there are so many, as you mentioned, so many pockets of, of difference. We just moved our offices to Little Italy. I, you know, I don't even know where to eat. There's 400 choices and they're all look extraordinary. I, I was going to say, if I turn <clears> around right now, I'm seeing a handful of places that I know very, very well. So, yeah. yeah. So it's going to be, it's, it'll be a fun experience. Um, I think also for, for teams that are, you know, fighting on the field um, to then hang out and go like, okay, where'd you go last night? How was it? And I want Italian food and can I try that? And I want some Asian food and let's try that. And, um, or I want to go to the beach and, and hang out on in a number of places in Del Mar and La Jolla and with just wonderful places to, uh, to hang. So I was going to say, the day that we're recording this, like I said, about two weeks mm -hmm. from the opening game, it's actually a nice day, which it yeah. hasn't been for about a month. So hopefully this is going to stay true for the tournament also. Absolutely. And, <laughs> and uh, I think you know, one of the greatest things is going to be that there's a high probability that you have unbelievable weather the entire time people are here. And their friends and family of, of 30 nations that are being represented, they're all coming in and they won't have practice. They'll just be going to their son's or friend's uh, um, game. And then they've got a lot of free time, as you said, to, to pop into a restaurant or pop into a bar. And that'll be fun uh, as well for them. And again, the MTS just providing these free passes so that the athletes can go back and forth yeah, that's and, fantastic. Um, and, and check out all the places like SeaWorld and, and the rest. San Diego is beautifully <laughs> positioned as very, very close to a lot of places, whether, you know, I have several friends that are playing for Team Mexico. Yeah. The borders, you know, 30, my, yeah. 35 minutes to my right, yeah. uh, where I'm sitting. Orange County, where I came from today, right up the road, I made it down here in 45 minutes. I mean, it's very easy for people to come down and with so many games to offer. I mean, obviously you've got the big, you know, the marquees of Canada, USA, but some of the smaller games for some of the newer emerging countries are just as fun, if not more raucous in some yeah. instances. What would be kind of the selling point for you to the accessibility of this tournament? Because it is, Compared to other national events, and it's it's one of the things that is beautiful about lacrosse continuing to grow and being the fastest growing sport, yeah. not just here in the U.S., but in some cases worldwide, the accessibility of the tournament for people to come and visit it. Yeah, I mean, we look deeply at that. Like, you know, first of all, the, the um, it's not at all hard to get from one venue to the next, which is yeah. really key. I mean, if you, if you look at some of the places where they've had Olympics, it's like with traffic and everything else, you're looking at four or five hours to cross the city to go from one one venue to the to the next so there's an advantage there in our structuring of the ticket selling selling um we just looked at like is there a way that you can just buy a length of engagement pass it just get you everywhere you want to get so we have that ability um until the 14th and we're they're selling like crazy so um and then you have to look at like how do you handle a 32,500 seat um, stadium where the next five or six days you're going to be at a 6,000 seat and then you've got you know four or five fields where you're going to play in SDSU. So I, I think that um, you know the, getting on to world uh, worldlax2023.com and you can track the schedule. You can really pick out almost like if you were going to like an all day music festival. Um, you could say I'm going to see this band, then I'm going to see this band. Yeah. And the good news is it won't take you a long time to get one from one venue to the next. And I think that you're going to see like if you if you want a full day with your kids. You just run around and watch a bunch of great lacrosse. You can go to SDSU and watch a ton of lacrosse. And there is a whole fan fest there and there's food and there's a, a yeah, big jamboree kind of feeling. All kinds of stuff. And then if you want to go premiere um, after, obviously after Snapdragon, but if you want to go premiere and just see like two games and really get vested into a team, your team or, or, a, or an opposing team or wherever your mom and dad might have come from or their ancestry, um, you can go over to um, USD and have this killer experience with 
you know, um, again, there'll be a there'll be a fan fest over there, but that will be you know high end, super high end, um, you know, six thousand seat auditorium. So that's where it's going to be loud, um, and you'll have screaming fans. SDSU is just a great place to walk around and see a ton of lacrosse, and also immerse yourself into, you know, we've got tons of vendors that are you know the endemic vendors of Epic and Wolf, and um, it, it'll just be a really fun time for you to take your lacrosse son or daughter um or or or, or those kids taking their lacrosse dad um over to, to kind of just um again get an immersive experience so the venues are all diverse um the level of play will all be wonderful and um and there's always something to do to kind of get out of the sun um grab a drink um have a hot dog or or, or something and then get back at it again so your team has been working obviously just around the clock nonstop. this is go 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 which aspect do you think is going to be more difficult? Is it right now trying to prep it and figure out the details and try to put out the fires that haven't even started yet? Or is it going to be, soon as that first whistle blows, managing, kind of controlling all that chaos until the last whistle blows? You know, I think, you know, Steve Govett is my partner in, in this and, and is you know, head of lacrosse operations for us on, on the SEALs and the Desert Dogs and, um, and has really been instrumental in, um, in bridging the lacrosse necessities yeah. to protect the integrity of each game on each field, uh, each day. So I, I think that you know you don't think about that stuff when you're when you're when you know you're moving tons of people in and out of an arena or a stadium. You're moving tons of people and athletes in and out of their hotel rooms and dorms and where they're going to be. But the reality is the most imperative thing is that that um, what happens on the field through you know the World Lacrosse Organization. Steve Govett here with us, um, USA Lacrosse. Um, that that integrity is is consistent, and and it's it's not like we can hide it because every single game. So we'll have a, over a hundred games. All of them will be um, aired on ESPN Plus um, or ESPN Linear. So um, there is a whole bunch of opportunities for us to mess that up. Um, <laughs> but I think the most important thing, you know, as, as crazy as it sounds, you know. I remember talking to a guy at the National Football League when I was there years ago, and I said, you know, what's the, the key to running a great event? And he said, music and ice. <laughs> but the reality was that there was a guy at the NFL that actually took care of all of the stuff on the field to make sure that, that there was integrity in the sport itself. Yeah. And I think that um, you don't give that enough credit, but it is the place where you can really fall apart. Um, and then... And then the rest is security and logistics and things like that. But um, hats off to the World Lacrosse Organization and, um, and, and Jim Schur, who's the CEO. Mm -hmm. um, his team has been extraordinary. Um, and Steve Govett has been you know, really making sure that we pay attention to those things. And it's, it's been really important to us. Well, I, I always believed that the SEALs would be a successful franchise as soon as um, Steve's name was announced when they were coming, kind of coming, or coming out here mm -hmm. and the franchise kind of got its feet underneath itself. So his, his pedigree obviously speaks for itself. Yeah, sure. um, I wanted to ask about the television aspect of it because, again, ESPN does cover this. The team will be out. All the announcers will be out. Lacrosse is a small enough world that everybody pretty much knows exactly who's going to be calling what game. Um, ESPN obviously has crews that handle their own travel and stuff like that. But how is it having to work with not just a major event, but then also the television aspect of it, film crews, you know, I mean, all this other stuff. Obviously, they have producers and stuff like that to worry about day of. But it's always going to be nagging on the back of your mind. Like, Ooh, what if a camera goes down? What if a truck goes down? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I've been doing production for a long time. So, um, here's the good news, right? We, there's no, there's no water. Yeah. Um, there's no animals and there's no children. 
So um, as it relates to on the field and production. So mm -hmm. if we stay away from those things, the rest is just, <laughs> it's just gravy. But to, to be really um, fair, we've got Ross Productions who have been extraordinary in, uh, in the planning process. ESPN has been, has been um, out a number of times to kind of location scout with us, make sure that we're getting the proper coverage. Um, there is a tremendous amount of logistics and the cabling and all of those systems, techs and, um, and those things. So I, I think that much of that is trusting that you hire really strong people that understand each one of the line items of deliverables. Um, and I think we've done that. The rest is just up to the, you know, acts of God and yeah. crossing our fingers and making sure that, you know, um, we can at least avoid things. And if they happen, most of us have been, you know, they've been doing this for a long time. It's very rare that you have a unique hiccup. So there's usually like, Oh, that, that happened in 1985. I know yeah. how to fix that. Um, but, uh, you know, there's, there's always going to be something that um, hopefully the, the audience won't recognize, but it, it'll bother us um, way more than, it, than it'll probably be. Seen the under on. the surface problems. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Um, as we kind of wrap <clears throat> this down, I know why I'm excited for it, having gone to this before, even with the rain delays in Denver. Um, I know the level of talent that's coming to this. I've played with some of these people. I understand this level of talent. But your pitch for... If somebody hasn't experienced this, they've never seen a lacrosse game before at any level, whether it's, you know, their son's game or a game at this, you know, caliber, what would be your kind of final sales pitch on why somebody, whether it's Los Angeles, Orange County, fly down from San Francisco for the day. It's pretty easy. Yeah. Drive right from, you know, Tijuana, like anywhere. What would be your pitch? Come out from Vegas. Well, I, th I think we, we look at kind of four categories of people that we talk to, right? And and some of them, and they're, and they, they're on a continuum of fandom, right? Mm -hmm. Some of them are kind of unaware and um, and, and just go to things that are, that are attractive and cool and fun. Um, so the, the four for us are the, the military here. There's, you know, 3.4 or so million people in San Diego, but 1.1 of them are either active military, retired military, or military family. Um, yeah, there a is some sprays fly over me on the drive yeah, down. Exactly. So. <laughs> there is, there's something really fun about rooting for America um, when you spend six days in a uniform yep. or you're deployed and you're just coming home to San Diego to your home and you can hang out with your family. So, we are really excited about um, the opportunity to bring out a tremendous amount of military. And we've offered, in many cases, we've offered comp tickets for them just to come out and support us at, at awesome. Snapdragon. And, I love and, that. And the, team. the other is to kind of, you know, the, the lax sports fan, the, the, the families that actually play all the time and they play weekends and travel. Um, it is fun for them to see the best in the world in their hometown. Um, you don't usually get this kind of access. And like you said, you've, you know the players. So the hanging out part of it, they're, they're way more accustomed to spending time with kids and throwing balls. And as opposed to, as opposed to in many other sports where it's like a, maybe a shake of a hand, maybe you might get a golf glove thrown. Yeah. Um, and then it's in the locker room and forget about you. Right. But in this case, they really understand the value of the fan base. So I think there'll be a really great experience for, for them there. Um, there's a little bit of the fun thing where we might have some people that show up that are just huge Steve Aoki fans <laughs> and they're like, Oh my God, this is a really fun event. Like, oh, there's another thing. I here? should buy I the, I should Steve buy Aoki. the, yeah, I should buy the rest of the uh, rest of the, the, the event passes. And then lastly, I think that just families who want to have a really fun opportunity to talk about diverse cultures and, and sports that are played and the, and the commonality that you realize on a field where people don't share a whole lot in language or, or ethnic background or, um, or emotion or politics, that it's all kind of thrown away and there's one thing and one goal. And I think that's a wonderful thing for us to teach kids. At the same time, 
you know, I, I don't think there's enough education around the importance of the indigenous peoples uh, that founded this sport. And, um, and because you'll be coming to the opening ceremonies and because there'll be an opening prayer um, and dance and that culture will be celebrated, um, I think there is going to be a heightened awareness and hopefully appreciation for, um, for a group of individuals that created this wonderful sport that we are now kind of all sharing in. So it's, I think if I had a pitch, I think, um, you know, find a category and you'll be satisfied, right? If, if you, uh, if you're a family member, if you're a lacrosse aficionado or fan, if you're passionate about Stevie Oki, um, any of those things make sense. And, and we love, we're putting on a, a huge show and, um, hopefully they'll appreciate it. Well, Paul, it would be an understatement to say that you are busy. So I'm going to wrap up this show and let you go. But if people want, and I know you mentioned it earlier yeah. in the episode, but if people wanted to learn more, if they wanted to look into tickets, the game schedule, things like that, even just to get a better understanding of the sheer scale sure. of how awesome this event is going to be, where can people go to do that? Uh, go to worldlax2023.com. So it's worldlax2023.com. Awesome. Thank you so, so much for the time. I cannot wait. And I'm sure that I will see you hopefully not putting out fires, but hopefully to see you out enjoying Absolutely. games and your team enjoying them as well. Thank you so much for coming down, Crawford. It's, it's wonderful. It's a pleasure. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to Paul once again for taking the time to sit down. I cannot even imagine how busy he must be. We recorded that only about two weeks before the championships are set to kick off. If you need tickets, go and get them. I, will, I hope to see you out there at the games. I'm going to be down in San Diego around catching up with friends. If you need recommendations on where to go, check out restaurants, hotels, other things to look into, feel free to shout. There's tons of resources out there. I'm happy to answer any questions, but definitely check this out. This may not ever happen in San Diego again in your lifetime. And if you're going to experience one of the most fun spectator sports in the world, a wild, raucous atmosphere for days on end, now is the time to do it. Hospitality industry professionals, for sure. I know you're listening. Go get tickets on your day off. Everybody, thank you so much for supporting. Whether you support on Patreon at whatever amount per month, if you're on free feeds, thank you all from the bottom of my heart. Thank you to Ali Coyle once again, who provides the music for the show. Thank you to my advertising partners. I hope to see you out there. Go get tickets and enjoy the World Lacrosse Championships. I will see you soon. Take care. The Best Seats Podcast is an original production of The Best Seats. It is written, edited, produced, and owned by myself, Crawford McCarthy, founder and principal of The Best Seats. It's based in Orange County, California. It is subsidized through generous monthly donations at patreon.com forward slash the best seats. The following are the names of those who subscribed at the highest monthly tier, aka norm status, and allow me to continue producing this show each and every month. As a thank you for their continued support, here are the names. Serena Warino, George Pavlov, Eric Lutz, Paige Reardon, Loco Lipo, Tim Falk, Burrito No Rito, Sasha Lyons, Subtle Bubbles, Jay Baker, Tim Swine, Burgermaster, It Ain't Easy Being Greasy, Boyga Kang. Thank you for your support.